Welcome back to the Connecting Minds podcast. Today, I'm super stoked that we have Chris Matthew on. Uh, Chris is the mastermind behind Forbidden Knowledge News, which is a place full of extraordinary interviews with some of the most brilliant and extraordinary researchers, authors, doctors, scientists, whistleblowers, contactees, and experiencers on the planet. Their purpose is to bring knowledge, truth, and a greater understanding of the hidden nature of reality. And through the Forbidden Knowledge Network, I have discovered a ton of amazing podcasters and it's it's what a what a mind blowing archive you have on there, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on the show, bro. Hey, thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate the kind words and looking forward to our conversation today. I love being on the other side of the microphone sometimes. Yeah, man. You know, like what, one thing I've noticed is you. I love your um, interview style. You're extremely sort of respectful because there's so much such a vast knowledge base people bring to the party so you really like give the space uh, but i do like that you you throw uh, some tidbits of, you, of your own personal life i like you throw in your own insights and this is i actually today this morning i listened to you and Ryder on what's uh wayne steiger wayne steiger mm-hmm. he's new to me and it was really nice listening to you guys kind of um discuss Stuff that I've been thinking about a lot, you know. So maybe before we get into it, can you give the listeners a little bit of a, about your background, your you know your work, your podcast, and how you got into it as well? Sure. Yeah. Once again, thank you for having me on. Uh, I started this. Oh man, it's probably been almost seven years now, but it really just started as a Facebook blog. I was. It was the beginning stages of my what you would call awakening. I, it was around 2013, 2014. I mean, it really started in 2012 when I became curious about everything. And I started to realize some of the corruption that we were dealing with and just going down many different rabbit holes and the information that I started learning, I wanted to share with others. So I just, I started with a Facebook blog and uh, for some reason, people enjoyed it. They they came and they kept coming back and, and reading my articles. And eventually I'm like, man, I need to talk with uh, professionals and people who do more research than me into these topics that I'm talking about. I, so I started reaching out to some of my favorite like authors, researchers, people that I respected in their fields. And I decided to start a YouTube channel where I did interviews. Uh, there was a few shows that I was watching that I really loved at the time, like uh, Leak Project with Rex Bear, Higher Side Chats, uh, Project Veritas. There's a few others that had these interview style shows that I was like, man, I'd love to do something like this just so I can ask my own questions because I was curious about everything at that point. And that's what I did. I started the YouTube channel and people really enjoyed uh, the guests that I was bringing on. So the YouTube really started blowing up until the censorship killed it in about 2018. And they just completely screwed me on YouTube. But it was about 2017 that I was Charlie Robinson. We were talking about him earlier. He actually suggested I start a podcast and I'm glad I took his advice. I met my, uh, my producer and friend, Corey Hughes. We started the, uh, the, the forbidden knowledge news podcast and, It's all pretty much history from there, man. I was able to make this my full-time career, which I'm extremely blessed to have been able to do that. And it's only after a series of 
extremely synchronistic and spiritual experiences that I had, even con- which you could consider contact experiences that I was able to to transmute what I was doing into something that I could actually make a living off of, and and it's amazing that I'm able to do this. All right, all right, hold on. Now, now we're. It, I'm sure a lot of people are tantalized. Can you elaborate a little bit about these contact experiences? Sure. Yeah, uh, I'll try and make them as compact as possible because this is really the turning point for everything for me. Like I said, it was about 2013, 14. I start the Facebook page and I, I uh, turn that into a YouTube channel. This was about 2016, 17. Podcast starts in 2017. And at this point, this is just a fun hobby for me. I am making like very minimal um, revenue from anything that I'm doing with the podcast. I have a full-time job at this time. I am doing uh, corporate cellular sales and uh, TV and internet service and things like that. And I was miserable doing that. I really, you know, I really hated doing that. It was kind of a deceptive job. You know, you had to do things that pretty much went against my moral code to, to, advance at those jobs. And I really didn't like it. I was comfortable though. I was making money uh, and I had been doing it for a long time. So I was kind of just scared to leave at that point. But I also, like I said, I was not making zero dollars, maybe a couple of hundred a month if, you know, if anything from this podcast. Uh, And then it was around 2000, let's see, Man, it was about 2019 or uh, early 2020. I we start to make a little bit more off the podcast, but it's still not you know just a few hundred a month, nothing to you know just maybe buy me a few lunches, pay some bills here and there, and I'm mm-hmm. still doing this full time job. This was around 2020, and it was like this is uh, this was only a couple of years ago that this happened. Um, I was going through a pretty rough period of my life. I was going through a bad breakup with uh, mm. an ex, and I ended up having to get a restraining order on this particular person, oh, but that's wow. a whole different story. Uh, I was just not in a good state of mind. And during this time period, I was kind of, I was doing a lot of spiritual shows. I was seeking spirituality, but I didn't have my own. I was kind of lost with, you know, my my knowing of who I was and where I was going and where I came from and everything. So, and, you know, on top of that, going through a bad relationship, not not being able to do this, like as a talk show full time, being frustrated with being, having to be at that job, I decided Mm -hmm. to start meditation. It's the only thing that I figure that'll, you know, kind of maybe help me figure out some routes I need to take here. So I, I start meditating unsuccessfully for a long time. <laughs> My mind is just a, you know, rapid fire. I, I was never able to just slow it down and, and do it properly. Uh, but one night I did, this was one night I remember it was after, after, uh, I had gotten the restraining order against this individual it was a really rough day I'm talking to my neighbor outside and, I remember looking up at the sky and I saw these three orange flames in a triangular formation kind of just slowly moving up in the sky. My neighbor's oblivious. He's just talking, talking, doesn't even see it. And I'm trying to get his attention to look at it. He doesn't want to look at it. Uh, and all of a sudden it just, it's 
blips out of existence. It looked like it was starting to shoot up to go somewhere and then it's gone. It's like, oh, that's pretty interesting. Maybe that's something we could uh, mark off as a UFO. I don't know for sure, but, you know, I kind of just wrote it off. I forgot about it later that night and I went to try and meditate. And this time I was suggested by a few friends, put on some 432 hertz tones, a couple of other breathing suggestions to actually have a successful meditation which I did. I was able to go very deep into this meditative state. I was in the most relaxed state I've ever been. I was in a state of like perpetual darkness and peace. And all of a sudden, I, I have this kind of jolt in my subconscious that it feels like my subconscious just like jets down this some kind of wormhole where it's absorbing all kinds of information and my consciousness is traveling through this kind of wormhole tube or something. That's the only way I can describe it. And at the same time, I'm getting all these amazing downloads of uh, really everything that I can imagine, science, mathematics, history, our future, myself, like all these, this profound knowledge was coming into my brain and I, I was not able to decipher any of it. I'm pretty sure that some of it has unfolded actually over the years. But at that time, it was just like a bunch of stuff that I was like, what is going on here? Um, and then what happened next is I, after I was kind of done being thrust through this wormhole thing, I was in a state of darkness again, peacefulness, extremely relaxed and, and feeling peaceful. But then all of a sudden I, I have this feeling of just like immense love. And at the, the same time, this feeling's coming on this blue, bright, beautiful blue light is uh, in my subconscious vision coming to the right side and it's like enveloping me coming towards me and the closer it gets the more i can feel this amazing feeling of love and people who have felt this before people who have had contact experiences can explain this it's a feeling that unlike any other earthly love you felt you know i thought i loved my mom and dad i thought i loved you and this is something so far beyond and you it is a feeling that is um, unmistakably what you could call love and something that I'd really never felt before to that extent. It was like a drug or something, but I knew this was, you know, pure love and this being was showing me this or projecting this to me. Uh, and it, then I start to hear a, a voice or a communication. It was an instantaneous psychic communication it said, hello, how are you? Or something along those lines. I kind of get really nervous and I, uh, I was, uh, I got downright scared and I was like, uh, reverting to some childhood dogma. And I asked it in the name of Christ, are you good <laughs> in this, uh, it, before I could even finish this thought, you know, I asked it psychically, asked it, you know, through our communication before I could even finish it, it was just giving me these reassuring, it was almost laughing. I could feel it like you thought it was humorous that I would ask that. And it was, you're shooting these beautiful feelings of love saying, yes, I'm good. You don't have to worry about any of that. Uh, we, I'm here because you're ready for us to have a conversation. I don't remember exactly the, uh, the conversation that we had, but it was a couple of hours and it was, wow. it was, it was very in, intense. And I was even able to get up out of my meditative state and walk around my house and still have this voice communicating with me. <laughs> Wow. Uh, so I did, I was walking around my house communicating with this entity. I asked it its name. He said, you would never be able to pronounce it. Just call me something you can remember. So I, I oh. called it Laird. One of my cousins, when I grew up was named Laird and that name popped in my head. I liked his name. So that's what I called it. 
And mm. me and Laird continued to have these conversations. And at the time, I thought I was talking to an alien or extraterrestrial or something. I mean, I have a different understanding now. But it was, like I said, it was a long, very long conversation. But the, the, the gist of it was, it was repetitive that I need to quit my job, mm. uh, heal childhood traumas, find out mm-hmm. about certain childhood events um there and like therapeutic uh, um type of um options that mm-hmm. it was giving me to move forward uh and better my life and and do things that I really wanted to do and one of those things was it suggested psychedelics is a good way to to type of to heal a lot of childhood trauma and it's a th- very therapeutic a uh, way to not only develop your own consciousness and heal childhood trauma, but, you know, become closer with your, your own spiritual understanding and have a better spiritual mm-hmm. understanding and all this. So it was an amazing conversation. And I, you know, I had done psychedelics as a, a teenager in my early twenties. I'd done acid a few times and maybe mushrooms. And I, it was something that I didn't consider uh, a spiritual tool. It was like a party mm. drug for me back then. And I hadn't thought about it for years. So it was very odd that this, this entity that I spoke with was suggesting that. And it also said that we can, you know, have a lot easier communication, more frequent with the use of uh, those substances. They said, I would be very, um, I would, I guess you could say, uh, react very, it would react very strongly in a, in a way that it was able to make those connections for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you know, it was very interesting. I kept, I had kept all that in the back of my mind during this, uh, the next few days. And actually I was able to meditate. Uh, I think it was the third day and have this experience again. It was a slightly different. This time I recall the childhood trauma during the meditation and it was a very traumatic event. Um, after the recollection of that event, this being Laird uh, presented itself again. We started talking again. And during this time, I was able to perceive um, different images than, than the first time. The first time was just a blue light. I didn't know what I was speaking with. This time, uh, and I was also told or suggested or had the intuitive feeling to get in the water to do this meditation. So I did. I was in my bathtub during this time. And I was able to actually open my eyes during this meditative state and look at my bathroom. But at one point when I closed my eyes, I could see that I was somewhere else. I was in some kind of a different atmosphere. Every time I'd open my eyes, I see the bathroom, close my eyes. I was in this new atmosphere and I was trying to understand what was going on. Uh, I closed my eyes again and I'm trying to make out this atmosphere. I'm like, all right, so apparently this is somewhere else when I'm closing my eyes uh, and I'm looking around and I, all I see is just a very sterile, clean looking ground. It's like gunmetal gray. And then I look up and there's layers. There's a balcony layer. There's like two balcony layers. And then they have windows, massive windows that are looking out into outer space. It, mm-hmm. it looked like I was on some kind of craft or something. And then all of a sudden, uh, these entities, these beings started slowly manifesting and appearing to me. They looked like animal human hybrids. They were all wearing these little uh, like 
green robes. Uh, they were kind of etheric see-through. You couldn't, they weren't completely solid looking. They had like a bird man, wow. a cat, a dog hybrid man. I actually communicated with a little frog hybrid. And these beings are like beaming these amazing feelings of love to me. They're welcoming to me to this plane wherever I'm at. They asked me if I would, you know, accept some kind of duty while I'm incarnated here. And I was, it was such an emotional experience. And I don't remember very clearly what I was being asked, but I knew it was something that was for my own benefit to accept. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I did. I said, I said, yeah, I'll accept that. And, um, this experience lasted maybe about a, an hour or two, and I was communicating with these etheric beings. And eventually, you know, I have the understanding now that what I was communicating with is my spirit guides, my higher self, my right. spirit guides. Um, you know, whether you consider those extraterrestrials or not, I don't. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't consider them personally. I think they're more spiritual beings, possibly yeah. having a connection with my ancestors as well. Uh, they just, it had so much information and the, the experience was more about my own development than anything else. You know, it wasn't telling me about yeah. world war three or how the world was going to end or anything else. It's for my own personal development. And that's where I came to the, my understanding that I was probably speaking with my own spirit guides or higher self that was guiding me in a certain direction. Yeah. And within two or three months after that, those experiences, I quit my job and I was still not making money. Uh, I, I, I was, you know, I, I was not happy in the place I was living. I was in South Louisiana and I just quit my job. I moved to to Denver, Colorado. And it was just like taking a leap of faith, man. And I am so glad I did because the universe reacted. Uh, when mm. I took those steps, I was, you know, at first it was hard. It was difficult for a long time. I was broke for a long time. But then I remember just yeah. one day being at, looking at our revenue and I'm like, wow, we're going to be able to pay rent this month. And, you know, a couple of months <laughs> yeah. later, like we can pay rent and eat our food this month. This is amazing. So <laughs> yeah. it just kept getting better and better. And I kept, you know, following my intuition. I did end up starting to grow my own magic mushrooms in Denver and having uh, vision quests and psychedelic journeys that way and healing childhood traumas, having more contact experiences. And I had plenty of profound experiences during those vision quests as well that helped me, you know, advance and get to where I'm at now. And it's all pretty much history from there. You know, sometime during that time period, we started the Forbidden Knowledge Network and uh, added all kinds of podcasts. So I owe it all to just following my intuition and following what I perceived as my spirit guides to advice, really. Wow, that's pretty. It's <laughs> a pretty incredible story. I think to a lot of people that have never experienced any such things or have or have not taken psychedelics, I think it sounds very far fetched. But you know, also guys, a lot of guys that um, are very materialistically set, I tell them, dude, it's very easy to get yourself out of this materialistic mindset. Just take some mushrooms, man. A couple of times, you will immediately see. There is more to the world than what the what the the senses perceive, you know. Yeah, I mean, I would but, uh, never recommend psychedelics to anyone, really. I mean, they they were they worked for me personally. It was something for my own development that was very good for me. But I don't think they're for everyone. I really don't. I don't not, really don't think that everyone not. would could successfully have some of these experiences. Some of them, sure. you know, they're they're not in the right mental state, so. Uh, but yeah, I, sure. I do owe a lot to those experiences. 
Yeah, but sometimes all you need is like a microdose to mm. just that, like that is enough sometimes to and to look at a sunset or to to like hear the rustling of some leaves and it will like you're like oh you know oh my god this like it's divinely created it's mm. listen bro all right listen I'm going straight for the jugular here no foreplay <laughs> um I know you've been talking about this issue quite a lot a lot of guys have been tackling this issue lately and it's something I've been fascinated with and thinking in my kind of downtime uh, like I'll look over somewhere and I'll just start thinking about what is the nature of a reality bro like tell me what is your latest kind of most up-to-date personal perception of what the fuck is this world that we're in that's a good one man and it, it's it's really oscillating and shifting all the time my perception and, and theories about what we're doing here. But one that I'm very intrigued by and have been leaning into just a little bit is, of course, that this is some sort of holographic simulated reality. But on top of that, they have really two different uh, two different routes that I could go here. One is that this is our training ground. This is our spiritual training ground. We mm -hmm. either built this for ourselves or this was built for our spiritual development. We have avatars here that we are our souls or our, our light bodies inhabit. And outside of this, there's a whole different reality that, you know, we're part of that you might want to call heaven or even the real reality. And this is just some sort of simulated temporary thing so we can get our shit together. That's one. And then another one is that this is a, a simulated reality, but it's been hijacked by some sort of malevolent entities, some sort of spiritual beings that are now feeding off of humans. They're using us as energetic batteries and they keep us in a perpetual state of reincarnation to be able to keep harvesting our energy forever. And, you know, the, what's happening now with people, you know, kind of awakening to, to some of these things is, uh, you know, they're snapping out of the realizations that uh, are into new realizations that this reality isn't quite what they think, whether it's, like I said, for our own development or it's been hijacked. I definitely don't think that there is um, a, f a real physical physicality to what we're experiencing here. And that just beyond the spectrum of our vision and everything, there's a completely different reality that we can't perceive. Right. So why, why do you think, I know there's a lot of, like if you look at the Gnostic sort of viewpoint, the Demiurge, for example, or like I really like Howdy Mikoski. I know he, I listened to him on your show. I've been following his work for a while. I really like him. I'm gonna try and get him on the podcast. But uh, he, the way he describes it, is a suffering pit of hell. And <laughs> you know, like, why do you think we are reaching this conclusion? Is it because there is pain and suffering, and the current society and the controllers of society are obvious psychopaths? Why? 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 Why do we think? Well, the, you know, the, the, like I said, there's the if we look at those two ideas, the pain and suffering could either be 
because we need duality to grow, mm. to have these experiences. Uh, it's like in the movie, The Matrix, we created you a perfect utopia, but you hated it. So, you know, we made you one where there's some some evil as well. Maybe that's it. Maybe we can't completely have a spiritual experience and grow without these negative aspects. Or the other idea is those aspects were introduced in order to to energetically harvest from us so yeah. that we have all this negative energy to produce for them. So, you know, it could go either. It's very interesting, though. It is interesting. I, the, way I, the way I sometimes like to think about it is, and it's an evolving sort of thought, but if if you're I'm not even sure that our if our if you're a being of light, an eternal being of light, let's say your soul or your spirit is, then you know, are you imperfect to begin with? Maybe we're not imperfect. Maybe if maybe we are just each one of us and everything is a thought in the creator's mind and that creator is just experiencing its infiniteness through this, and there it, it's the, the uh, what happens in this realm is neither good or bad per se. It's just the isness of the creator's experience, you know. And like the the other way I kind of thought about it is, if you're like this perfect, op- uh, you know, op- powerful eternal being of light, how do you? Maybe maybe there is a way to evolve and learn is if you're perfect, if you confine yourself in a, some type of physical reality with um, limitations, you're from perfect. Now you went to imperfect or limited. And now you went from you now know what it's like to be limited. You know what it's like to, you know, be a nerd or like uh, be born without limbs or a million other th- uh, literally an infinite uh, amount of other experiences and maybe maybe it's it's neither good or bad it's just that's what the creator is doing right now that's mm. the creator's buzz right now you know yeah what do you think yeah. of that that's that's an interesting idea and i do i do love the idea that we are all fractals of source fractals of the creator yeah. that at whatever maybe one point in reality's existence and history that it decided to fractalize to experience different experiences and maybe one of those offshoots was a maybe it started out as an evil experience and then that evil wanted to experience more evil and this is how this whole reality this whole duality was formed you know it was all one at one point and then through one negative experience becomes a thousand negative experiences yeah. becomes a million and this is the nature of evil now right yeah 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 I, the, the way i like when when you look at nature as well it, there's a lot of quote unquote bad things that animals do even plants do you know uh and it, it, the whole it, it's a whole cycle of life and death so uh, back uh, bacteria, fungi, uh, they have to break down dead tissue that gets sucked into the ground and sucked up by the tree's uh, roots. And then those animals, you know, the giraffes and the zebras, they're kind of nasty because they're killing the plants and the plants are releasing these toxins in their uh, leaves and flowers to thwart those attacks. And then you have the tiger or a lion killing animals. So it's like a, a con, it's like a, a big. Uh, dramatic sort of theater of like just destruction and like beautiful. So 
it's it's like God's sort of theater or like this massive uh, symphony of, of of beauty and I guess good and bad. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And when you know, like you you were saying, to have this this cycle of life. And there's always your your kind of top predator when it comes to those cycles. And right now, it would seem that humans are. But you know, if you if we consider that there could be intelligences like we theorize, like I talk about this on the show quite often, that are so advanced that maybe they had a hand in either our creation or altering our DNA. And that no longer means that we are the top dog species. And this is something that we had never encountered before. So imagine if we one day we find out as a species that we're not the top dog anymore, that there are entities that see us as ants. Where, you know, Mm. where does that put us, our, our, our consciousness development after that, you know? Totally, man. Like the perfect slave is the one that doesn't realize that he's a slave, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe you know this is why. Like, I like to play devil's advocate, but I'm 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 absolutely open to because it's clear that, uh, as Mark Passio likes to say, it's clear that the human condition right now is that of slavery. You mm-hmm. know. So uh, let, let let me ask you about another thing that I've I've really I'm struggling to reconcile. I've been thinking quite a lot about, and I've, I've even discussing with my wife. Um, what is your, I guess, most up to date take on the concept of NPCs? Do you think we're all equal, quote unquote? Uh, you know, all alleged eight billion humans. I don't know how many of us there actually is, but do you think we're equal? Well, I've been talking to a lot of guests about this, and I get where a lot of people are coming from when they say that it's it's not really fair to call someone soulless or NPC just because they act a certain way or they you know or they they seem to be a certain way. I mean, environment people are programmed, you know. We yeah. are programmed from birth to be a certain way. But that being said, I think it it may be possible, you know. Um I think that even myself, when I look at the way I was uh 10, 20 years ago, I was a piece of shit, man. I was not the same person that I am now. I didn't have the same values. I wasn't spiritual. I didn't treat people the same. I didn't care about the same things. And I look back and I'm like, man, maybe I was an NPC and uh, a divine spark or a (laughs) walk-in decided to come in and inhabit me. And that's where everything changes because I can see changes in people, people that you could look at that you once thought were soulless or just part of a program or didn't really give a, a shit about anything. I have seen people like that flip on and go the opposite direction. So it is very interesting. And I don't know if NPC would be the right word. Maybe uh, a standby avatar might be a little better. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But that's an interesting concept for sure. Yeah, man, I agree. I, I also, for the longest time, was basically a drone, like just working off of my programming. And it took. It took me kind of moving away from my family um, when I was 18 to go to college in Ireland that I had more space to 
you know, think about um, <laughs> my programming. That's when I realized how programmed I am. And a lot of this programming, it's taken me the, the best part of the last uh, 20 years. And I, I, I'm, I believe I'm quite deprogrammed now. But we, we're, we're constantly getting programmed to deprogram. You know, it's like you're programming me every time. I, like I'm listening to your podcast, fucking uh, 100 hours of your podcast. All you, you and all your guests are programming me mm-hmm. or deprogramming me or both, you know, which is whatever. It's, it's, it's it, depending on the content, content you expose yourself to, it can be good or bad. Obviously, in, in this case, it's good, um, I believe. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know, bro. I, I kind of lost my train of thought there. But I think this, this NPC sort of uh, thing, it's, isn't it, couldn't it be just another divide and conquer tactic that we can uh, that's being used against us to dehumanize our brothers and sisters and rather than trying to how do i relate to you i'm always like trying to figure out oh dude you're like totally not awake like your your pineal gland is so calcified and Mm -hmm. shit you know well this is a tough one man we are definitely being divided at all angles i call it the conspiracy wars there is there's a something going on right now where Individuals will come out and say things or put out theories that are so insane, but uh, other individuals latch onto them and it, and it becomes a phenomenon. It becomes a huge thing. You look at things like QAnon. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of uh, kind of psyops that have been put out that were conspiracies in the past few years. A lot of them turned out to be true. I have to, you know, I have to admit, but there has been some insane stuff that I think is intentionally thrown out to discredit people, to get people to look crazy. And not only that, to pinpoint who they can cancel and how fast they can do it. They go after the big fish mm-hmm. first. Uh, Alex Jones, David Icke's banned from out. Uh, you know how many countries Alex Jones yeah. has to pay? Put billions of dollars if something ridiculous like that. Yeah. And then what happens is it, it's a trickle down effect. It goes to your your larger like YouTube channels, independent media. They start to get canceled, canceled. And there's there. I think there's also phases of this. We saw the first you know phase in 2018 with the first wave of cancel mm. culture and then it keeps getting worse. But then we have these, these times where it's, I think seems like everybody's going to be fine. gives you this false kind of lull that, that, you know, you don't have to worry about being canceled and then a new wave comes along and then people start to get yeah. canceled. I've, I've noticed this pattern with YouTube and Facebook. They'll let you think that everything's okay for a little while. And then you start to post something that goes against the narrative mm. and boom, they'll hit you with something and it's, you know, it's pretty incredible what's happening across the board. And it's definitely all this cancel culture has killed any type of decent entertainment that we used to have for sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. And like there, I know a lot of, a lot of people are saying, you know, their playbook is so thin. They're just using the same tactics, but dude, today I saw an article on zero hedge that listen to this now, the, Unvac- uh, they're, they're, they're blaming the unvaccinated for not telling the vaccinated about the potential danger- dangers of the vaccine. So they have a lot of blood on their hands. Like fucking, dude, that's just next level fucking genius. Now, now the vaccine, <clears throat> now the vaccinated are are gonna go up to the the, the people 
So sorry, now the vaccinated are gonna go up to the people that were like, you know, I'm not taking the jab. It's like, why didn't you tell me not to take the jab? You know what I mean? Like, how the yeah. fuck are they coming up with this shit, bro? Yeah, it's all about keeping us in a perpetual state of separation, darkness, not knowing what the right hand is, what the left hand is doing. It's yeah. it's pretty insane, and what we're it's. It's an it's a psychological operation on many levels. Like I was saying, one they insert either intelligence people or they're paying some basement troll in their mom's basement to to go out and either put out crazy theories on forums. They actually have a lot of if you look at the say um, alien UFO type phenomena that they've been talking about more and more in our in our mainstream media and the news. They actually take individuals who are former intelligence and now they're doing conferences and they're on ancient aliens and they're explaining yeah. how, you know, all this once classified stuff is, yeah, that's true. There's aliens. I worked at Area 51 and all this crazy stuff, yeah. but still there's no definite proof of everything. And I think that there's a large deception going on, especially with the alien stuff, but across the board. Yeah. And if you say the wrong thing right now, um, there's there's a slippery slope with a lot of the conspiracies that are going on. Let's take a look at what Kanye West was doing. If you jump on that bandwagon because you agree with some of the things he's saying, that's going to put an immediate target on you, and it's just going to be easier for yeah. them those day to get rid of you immediately. Well, this is why I respect guys like yourself and Charlie and all uh, this. At this point, uh, hundreds of guys that I I follow. Uh, uh, regularly and, and intermittently, just so much, so many guys, you know, and uh, girls that are doing amazing work fearlessly. And I love that, bro. Um, because, like, when you look at this, it's literally the the easy way out is to just say nothing and, like, shut the fuck up, have it, hold, hold your opinions, but, you know, talk to your friends about it. But, don't put anything out there because uh, sooner or later your 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 goddamn social credit score, you know, is going to be affected. You know what I mean? Like that's how. And and what it, what you guys are doing is you're inspiring people and showing that you, you like someone like David Ike, bro. He doesn't give a fuck. He just keeps going on and on and on. He doesn't give a fuck. And it it just it, it like their whole house of cards is really kept to, kept together by fear. And mm. th th that's what they fear is fearless people, isn't it? It is. They fear fearless people. They fear open discussion. And they fear people not participating in the agendas, which is actually what is happening right now. I'm very encouraged by the amount of people who aren't participating anymore, who aren't giving in to the fear factor anymore, although there's way too many who still are. But I think it's getting harder and harder for these globalists to to put out these agendas and have them have any success whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, the, I think the next thing that they were going to possibly try is climate change, which yeah. you know they're going to try pushing electric cars, smart cities, try and get everyone into smart cities. They're touting overpopulation when all you have to do is drive from like Colorado to California, and you will mm. see. We are not overpopulated. I mean, yeah. yes, everybody's crammed into cities. There's a lot of people there, but there's plenty of room for the rest of the world. 
And it's just an illusionary thing. It, uh, it's something that they can pump some more fear into people so that we just blindly follow. And the biggest yeah. problem we have is people blindly following authority right now. I even remember 10, 15 years ago, people would question authority more than they do now. Uh, science has become just a new religion. Technology is the new God. You got to follow the science yeah. no matter what. And if you don't, you're a, you know, you're a racist, you're a white supremacist, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're all these yeah. things that are going to scapegoat you in and shun you from society. Totally, bro. And I get this exactly like this urbanization move, movement for you know the last 70 years or so they're cramming people into cities and they're taking a disproportionate amount of temperatures inside cities and if you look at temperatures inside a city they're of course going to be higher than temperatures in vast open spaces with more airflow so Everything is fudged. Everything is fucking lies, you know. Um, and yeah, people keep continue believing it. Uh, which this is like I know you. You, you just said you have hope, um, and this actually leads me to the next question I had for you. And um, what, like, what is your realist, honest, and realistic sort of uh, uh, opinion of in terms of? Do we do we have hope, or is this is the society on a path to slavery? And if you do have hope, what it would what would it realistically take to change this paradigm that we live in? Do you reckon? Yes, and yes. Um, yeah, I think that there is a possibility. There is the timeline out there that is possible for us to go to that we are going to be in a complete technocratic slave state complete with social credit system and all these transhuman things that we're seeing trying to be pushed on us right now. But I do believe that it's up to each individual, whether we participate or not. Uh, you know, since 2020, lots of people's lives have been destroyed. Lots of businesses have gone under. Lots of people have become depressed and, you know, lots of horrible things have happened to people. Yeah. But there's a lot of people who are thriving during these periods because they're not participating with the fear and they don't fall into that. And they are finding ways to get around the mainstream narrative and the crutches that this is causing for them. And, you know, people like myself, I actually started thriving after 2020. I had found ways to exit myself from the system and not participate. And, be successful on my own, which everybody has the potential to do this right now. And I think that's the key of the only way we're going to get out of any of this is each individually exiting this slave system that we're, that we're a part of. And it can yeah. be done little, you know, little bits at a time, just first by eating different, watch where you get your food from. Wait, 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 uh, you wait, know, wait. So, you... uh, can I, can I just, can I just stop you right there? That's yeah. you. You just segueing to my next question. So I, I want to, I want to ask the question and please continue. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I I have a new segment on the podcast that I'm I'm I have maybe fifty uh, topics I want to talk about. It's called Solution Talk. So ever since I was on Charlie's podcast back in December, um, I've really been thinking more about solutions in my life and the more i focus on solutions the less i focus on research 
the happier I've been the last few months, right? Last couple of months. <laughs> I'm sure like anyone there will attest to that. Um, so with that said, th- this this is something I, w- I will ask all guests in the future. Um, and I will clip it out and post it separately from the podcast and many other topics I'll cover solo. But let's talk solutions, bro, for a few minutes. What are you doing that others can also do to increase their freedom self-reliance, autonomy, and or resilience to the challenges that we face this decade and beyond? Yeah, man. I mean, some of the things that I've been doing and and people that I know and acquaintances is just starting off by being aware of what you're purchasing. Do you need to buy these things? Um, Do you need to participate with some of the the products that are being offered, some of the television shows, some of just anything that you do on a daily basis, be aware of what this links to and where it's coming from and the... um, where they want you to 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 go with either participation in uh, you know watching a movie or eating a product, uh, and be, for me, if after I started eating better, you know, uh, and watching my health, it was easier for me to 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 find products that not necessarily are coming out of Walmart and mass produced. I mean, there's, you can't avoid that sometimes, man. It's, it's all they offer in certain places. So, you know, there's no way to completely just, uh, unless you have your own farm, unless you're growing your own food, which is, you know, that's the, that is, would be the ideal option to completely sure. check out, be go, go off grid, have your own food. Um, I do work with Food Forest Abundance. They mm. can actually help you grow your own food forest. Uh, and they, they're very reasonable. And you can just start small, man. That's that's what I did. I have a garden too. Start nice, small. Nice, you do, yeah. With, um, yeah, start small with the uh, just big. having some seeds, uh, starting to grow a couple of things here and there, and just add on when you can. Yeah, um, and I know that the, it's, it's impossible for everyone to just, uh, you know, quit their job and start doing a podcast and, and make money like that. Um, but there, there are ways to, to exit the system. There are ways to use your own creativity. There are ways to use your own talents and to, to make a living and make a, a profit from it and actually be more self-sufficient, you know, even if it's not all at once. Uh, people, I think people are afraid to, to take some of those risks and, uh, you know, they're not confident enough in some of their own abilities. And, you know, uh, if I think that once, like I said, whenever I took that first step in towards my goals, the universe just kind of, it pushes you and gives you propulsion to do the next it rewards you for actually being brave enough to take those steps. And that I think that's across the board with everyone, with anything that you're going to do that will benefit your life, anything that is, is positive that you are going to, to try to do that, that energy will propel you in a certain direction and help you to achieve the next goal. Love it, bro. Love it, love it. So what's uh what's next for you and the Forbidden Knowledge Network? Oh man, busy busy times. I was supposed to start production on our documentary this year, which I did. We have some footage and, and interviews going in, but I didn't get as much as I nearly could. Uh the funding wasn't there. 
but uh, we're going to start uh, we're going to start a new campaign to get some funding here soon for the for what documentary is it production. The documentary um I am hoping to be able to cross the whole country to travel across the country uh, and do interviews, visit paranormal hotspots, conspiratorial hotspots, places of wow. interest, historical interest, and interview some of the some of my favorite people that I've either interviewed before, some new folks, researchers, nice. locals from those areas. I know that uh, Skinwalker Ranch is on the list of places, Daily Plaza, uh, there's Mount Shasta, all across the United <laughs> States, these, uh, these wonderful Yay. places of interest that I'm hoping to hit. Uh, I'm going to be breaking it down into sections at a time. I'm not going to be crossing the whole country in one shot, but it will be a docu-series. So uh, I'm wow. hoping to you know, get production going after this, this coming year. And um, yeah, man, that's what we're working on uh, right now. We're going to be adding some new shows to the network. I think um, John Barber is going to have a show on our network that's coming out soon. So awesome, bro. very exciting stuff and always the podcast, man. This That's a perpetual thing that I got going. Yeah. S- send me the link for You have a donation page for the documentary, I, do, yes. I believe. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Send me that link. I'll, I'll share it with, if any of the listeners want to, I'll definitely throw yeah, a excellent. few bucks in there as well, man. Yeah. It's just supportfkn.com if you just want to go cool. there. Uh, I'll, I'll include that. Great. All right, bro. So tell tell the listeners where they can find you. Yeah, guys, you can find us on all podcast platforms. Um, our website is forbiddenknowledge.news. This is also where you find the Forbidden Knowledge Network, where we feature some amazing podcasts. Uh, we are limited on YouTube. We just mainly put clips. Uh, the clips will lead you to the full episode on there. Uh, we do put new episodes on Odyssey and Rockfin is where you get our premium content. Rockfin is amazing. Go sign up there. You get all kinds of stuff you can't find anywhere else. And you get all the premium content from all the creators there. So that is where you find us. Awesome, Chris. So listen, I know you have to go and our time is limited today, but thank you so much for stopping by on the Connected Minds podcast. And, you know, we'll do it uh, we'll do it again some other time, bro, when we have a bit more time. For and sure. we'll get deeper into some of these topics because we didn't even we didn't even scratch the surface today on the on the amazing stuff. I highly recommend listeners, if you're into any of this stuff, anything esoteric, aliens, uh the occult, oh my god. It's you will you will not get through the content Chris has. So Chris, once again, thanks a million, brother. Thank you so much, Christian.